You're listening to episode 52 of the Pastor Writer Podcast, conversations on reading, writing, and the Christian faith. I'm your host, Chase Replogle. I'm joined on the podcast today by John Anwuchekwa. He's the pastor of Cornerstone Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and joins me to talk about his book, Prayer, How Praying Together Shapes the Church. Writing about prayer is both a challenging and a humbling task. One of the things I love about John's work is he doesn't just give us a step-by-step practical guide to prayer, but he writes the book out of his own experience, leading a congregation and growing in the area of prayer personally. The book is inspiring, challenging, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation today just as much as I did. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm joined on the podcast today by John Anwuchekwa. He's the pastor at Cornerstone Church in Atlanta and the author of Prayer, How Praying Together Shapes the Church, a Nine Marks book in the series for building healthy churches. John, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. No problem, man. Uh, We didn't even do the pre-podcast, ask me how to pronounce my last name, and you got it right. I've got a a strange name myself, but it's uh, just like my name. Once you say it and hear someone say it, it's pretty much exactly how it looks. So I managed to figure it out, I think. There it is. Yeah, that was perfect. Well, maybe a good place for us to start is to tell us a little bit about the church you pastor and how you ended up in ministry for some context. Yeah, um, I pastor Cornerstone Church. Uh, we're just about four years old. Uh, we're planted on the southwest side of Atlanta, right outside of uh, downtown in a historic neighborhood called the West End. Um, yeah, man, it's a four-year-old church. Uh, you know, young church, young families, lots of kids. Uh, we've got a little bit of gray here and there praying for, for more. Um, yeah, a diverse body. Yeah. Loving. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good things that I could say about the church, but I'm grateful for that. Uh, yeah. The church that I pastor in the community that I get to serve in. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I got into ministry. Uh, this is always a tough question. Uh, after my freshman year of college, uh, just really being gripped by, you know, the truths that I saw in God's word sharing it with friends in my dorm, seeing the way that they responded to the truths of God's word and how lives started to change. Um, man, it really just put me in a place where I was like, I don't like, I don't know what I want to do, but I know I want to do something that relates to getting the truth of God's word into the lives of God's people and those that aren't yet his people. And so after my freshman year, it was, I chose a degree at school that I thought would interest me while I was there. And from that point on, it was just, all right, Lord, wherever you've placed me, I want to do my best to make sure that this is an environment where uh, people love you better. And I just feel like that these past 16 years have just been um, a series of successive responses to burdens. There's a burden, there's a need. I try my best to respond with God's grace to the need that's right in front of me. And yeah, 16 years later, that's led me to pastoring a church on the west side of Atlanta. 
Well, and also publishing a book on prayer. I uh, I got yeah. my hands on an early copy. Crossway was right. kind enough to send out this summer and and really enjoyed it. I'm a bivocational pastor, and one of the nice. things that for, for a long time I've recognized is those moments of pastoral prayer on a Sunday morning when I'm praying with my congregation for my congregation yeah. needs is it's always it's always felt like when I'm most a pastor and it's I, I there's a sense right. that it's one of the most important things that I do and so I was yeah. really excited to be able to read in this book because it's not just a book on prayer it's a book on praying together on corporate prayer uh, I'm right. curious how that topic uh, caught your interest and how the book came about yeah um so, you know, uh, I, I grew up in a, a, a Nigerian household. And one of the things, you know, that my mom and my dad were adamant about was like prayer. I think that's why I've seen it modeled the best just in my own household and home. And my dad started a church 18 years ago and saw it there. And um, the thing that really like sparked me writing the book was um, five years ago. Five years ago, I spent some time at um, uh, a church in D.C., so Capitol Hill Baptist Church. I took a sabbatical from a church that I helped plant in Atlanta and went to that church for four and a half months. And one of the things that gripped me was for those four and a half months, every Sunday night, the church gathered corporately to pray. Every Sunday, they had it's like four blocks of extended time where they prayed. And I just saw, you know, this church that prayed and, and I was uh, shaped by a lot of what went on at the church, but I don't think I was shaped by anything more than I was the corporate prayer and not just how the church prayed, but seeing the fruit that came from, it. you know, the like peace that existed in the church, the, you know, freedom of anxiety, not like anxious toiling as a church to, you know, try to win people or bring folks in. Like there was just this this kind of peace that shrouded the church. And the only thing that I could trace it back to uh, was the way that this church prayed. And it was just one of those things that I feel like for as long as I'm alive, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look back to those four and a half months. Um, yeah, just gripped by the way that the church prayed together. And that, um, that really shaped me. So it's like to Atlanta. Um, at the end of 2013, it was just whatever church I lead or pastor, one of the things that I just want to make sure is baked into the DNA is yeah, praying together. And so that was what really got me starting to think about, all right, how do I not just make this true for the church that I'm in, but how do I kind of help share the same heart and burden with other churches? What do you think it is that's broken about the way so many churches approach prayer corporately? I think a lot of pastors probably teach on prayer privately, but what is it yeah. that churches are missing when it comes to the, the corporate act of prayer, praying together? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the more I've thought about that, the more it's like, um, uh, I don't know if it's a church problem at large, right? I know that there's a lot of segments of the church and Christianity, right? Globally, uh, the global church, I don't think prayer is as much of a problem there. There's been certain segments where it's like, man, like if you've ever been in a Korean church, like I don't know what that it is, but they have the source, like they pray. Um, 
I think that some of what's broken in context uh, that don't pray is um, uh, ambition, maybe, um, but ambition that's aimed at things that we tend to think that we can do ourselves. So as we gather as a church, our time is largely structured on um, either the teaching or preaching, which is all good and great and helpful and vital for the growth and the uh, 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 the growth of the life of our souls. Uh, but I think sometimes when a church's aim is spent on you know, you know the transference of information and knowledge or even ambitiously trying to accomplish things, then your time can be filled with preaching or you know, planning, processing, structuring. Uh, and that's when I think a church can slip into spending a bunch of their time trying to bring results by pragmatic outcomes. And I think, yeah, there is a sense of us sitting with the weight of the impossibility of what God has called us to do that I think if we did would drive us to to pray more. One of the things I like about the book, and I know these books in the Nine March series, they're not supposed to be long and they're supposed to give practical yeah. advice. And the book does that really well, especially towards the end. You get into some of the temptations that keep congregations or pastors yeah. from praying. I think they're really helpful. But the other thing you manage to do is uh, you don't fall into the trap of just telling churches what they're doing wrong with prayer. You really do it through telling so much of your own story and your own struggles yeah. with prayer and to lead prayer. And I, I really appreciate this point. Um, if I could read, at one point you talk about some some pretty traumatic things things that unfolded in your own personal life. And you write about how it impacted your praying. And you say this at one point in the book, my filter vanished as my tongue was unhinged in prayer. I was both shocked and relieved, ashamed and angry at the words coming out of my mouth. I called God a liar. He seemed cruel and uncaring. Then in the same breath, I asked him to shower me with grace. And then you write later on in that same section and God took every ounce of it. Um, I think it's a real, it's a strength of the book. It's a moving part of the book, but I'm wondering if maybe as you sort of have alluded to already, there's something in our performance culture here in American Christianity yeah. that really stunts our ability to have that kind of honesty, not just yeah. personally in prayer, but really when it comes to public prayer, our willingness to go there with some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think like there's something about, you know, tragedy that kind of takes all of the presumption out of the way that we present ourselves, something about tragedy that does that. Like it unhinges our tongue and tact is not something that, um, uh, um, tact is not something that uh, gets in the way, I think, of just honest and candid conversation. Uh, with with the the lord and so man as i think yeah i mean to your point as i think about what it is that has most helped me um and i think so many other folks would say the same thing when it comes to prayer is just tragedy and just in the providence of god how he just allows it to take place and yeah he hears how we talk to him. He takes the worst of it and he invites us to speak more and to get yeah, more grace. And um, yeah, when you're really that low, you just 
you see with a clarity of sorts and it's like, I don't want to perform anymore. And once that filter or desire like leaves, you, you, you start to find really yeah, the, the grace and the power that just comes with honest and candid conversation with God. Yeah, I think it's a great way to put it. And maybe you could also unpack for us a little bit the significance of that prayer then happening together with other people versus yeah. some of that just happening in isolation or in a quiet time in the morning alone by yourself. Yeah. But the real drive of the book is that this it, kind of honest prayer has to happen in relationships. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the benefits of Google that I found is Google has made it impossible for you to feel like you are alone in anything, right? You go to any problem that you have, and the first thing you do, type it into Google. Hey, I was driving down the road, and green fluid started to come out of my car, and my car smoked. And you'll just find there's a million people that have gone through the same thing, and message boards, and all this stuff. And so you really start to find out, um, I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. There's a whole host of people that know how I feel. And I think that's God's grace. Like as we pray together, we're reminded um, that all of us come to God, that all of us feel this way. And it's one thing, you know, for you to cry out to God on your own. It's another thing for you to be in a room and somebody cries out to God and you feel like they took the words out of my mouth and you just sit and say, Right. Me too. Me too, God. I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to say, but they said it. And it's like, yes, that's how I feel. I just haven't been able to do it on my own. And so there's an aspect of um, yeah, praying together. Sometimes it helps me to understand what it is that I'm feeling, but haven't quite yet put the words to it. So it's just such a yeah, useful, useful tool, man. Well, what are some of the ways for people who are maybe pastors leading a congregation or really maybe even all the way down to, you know, a parent sort of leading their family in those relationships in prayer? What are ways that we help lead people into stronger participation in prayer where it does turn into a congregation praying and not just maybe a, a pastor on a platform and other people sort of listening with eyes closed? Yeah. Uh, one of the ways that I found is like, um, uh, like it's like, if you think of Sunday as kind of game day, we're, we're just going to use it. I've got a sports background. So if you think of that as game day, like one of the things that affects the game day the most are the practices that take place throughout the week. Um, and so one of the best ways that I found to help folks participate in prayer, um, one is uh, uh, throughout the week, whenever problems arise, you talk to somebody, right? Anytime you hear somebody mention um, a thought that would cause anxiety or frustration, let like anxious thoughts serve as a divine alarm clock to start to pray. And and so I just kind of try to my best to live my days as a series of uh, prompt and impromptu prayer meetings. So when I'm with one other person or two other people and somebody shares a concern, it's just all right, let's pray about those things here and quick. And so I'm just trying to put that in the stream of our church and life and just trying to get get folks to start to pray like that so that when we do come and sit and take extended time to pray, it doesn't feel 
foreign. It feels like something that we do. That's one. Uh, but two, I would say, you know, if you're a pastor or even a leader in your church that's called upon to pray, um, one of the things that we encourage folks to do is not to script their prayers beforehand, but to plan and to prepare them, right? Just to be mindful of the words that you use, the things that you're going to pray for. So um, uh, I find that it's like uh, extemporaneous doesn't mean more genuine than planned, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, if I write my wife a card on a Tuesday and give it to her on a Thursday, she doesn't get the card on a Thursday and say, John, you really didn't mean this because you wrote it two days ago. No, she's thankful because she's like, oh, you took all of this time to think about the thoughts that you said because you knew that I would be more helped by preparation than by you just starting to speak from the heart. And um, I think some of that translates as we lead in prayer. There's a way that we can think and pray um, to draw folks in. So even something as small as when when you're leading in prayer in front of a congregation or a group, using plural pronouns instead of singular ones, right? So instead of God, I thank you for what you did this morning for me. I pray that you would help me. Just the concept of like we and us and our, and it's those types of things that to invite folks in. So I think make prayer meetings prompt and impromptu throughout the week uh, and plan and pre- prepare when you're going to lead your congregation or anybody else in prayer. Yeah, I think the planning advice is just really helpful because it 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 has with it this understanding that I'm going to be intentional and take seriously that responsibility as well versus sort of right. like I'm going to take it serious in the moment when it's my opportunity or Mike's in front right. of me. Like this is a part of something I'm spending my week praying and thinking about even before that moment comes. Yeah. Well, maybe we could shift just a little and talk about writing the book itself. Um, it's been my experience, uh, not having written a book, but sometimes having to speak or talk about prayer that it's one, for me, it's been one of the most humbling topics to try to present on because I think everyone uh-huh. automatically feels in, insufficient when it comes to the topic. Uh, uh, I'm curious what role your own prayer life played in writing the book and if that was a challenge as well. Yeah. Uh, so first, I mean, I would agree with you. It uh, uh, it humbled me as I went in to write the book just because I knew that uh, me writing the book was uh, going to be a challenge because I don't feel like I had any platform that I could speak from, right? I feel like as long as I've been a Christian, prayer has been hard. It's been a struggle. There's certain folks in my church who it seems like it comes so naturally to them and they spend lots more time than I do. And in writing this book, I just felt like I do not want to come at this from the position of an expert because I'm not one. I'm a struggler who I know the importance of it. And so my main thrust was uh, not trying to communicate my own successes as much as it was trying to, um, transfer this same importance of it and just saying, hey, let's all struggle together. Um, I felt like that writing the, the book helped me to grow in my own prayer life as well, just because um, 
uh, maybe not in the quantity of time I prayed, but in the quality of my prayers, because it forced me to really uh, be honest with God in ways that I had been accustomed to just starting to like shrug things off. So when I sat down to actually write it um, and I felt like inadequate or insecure or is this going to be any good? Why did I do this? It's going to fit or just all of these things. Um, I was reminded like, no, John, like, yeah, all of these things, they're not just things that you need to shrug off. There's not just things that you need to get past. This is not just go talk to your wife and friends and let them give you a pep talk. Like you sit down and talk to God about all of these things. And so it helped me just to be more candid and honest um, more repeatedly in my conversations with God. And so as I look back, I just feel like, uh, yeah, those are the things that have stuck with me the most since writing this book. How has the book shaped your congregation? Um, how has it been received by them? And how has it, has it added to that sort of environment, that atmosphere of prayer that you've been cultivating? Yeah. Um, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because, uh, you know, most of the people in my congregation haven't read this book, right? So uh, I think more so than how the book has shaped my congregation, I really think it was my congregation that shaped the book, right? It was the commitment that our church already had to pray that was really the foundation of all of what I talked about or wrote about in the book. So um I'm sure folks in my church would be helped by some of the stuff that was written, but I think they see it and, and they feel it week in and week out, month in and month out when we pray so much so that I think a lot of them, like or those that have read it have been like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We do this and we do this. And it's been more of a reaffirmation than anything new. So I think, um, yeah. Uh, it wasn't on the back of my prayer life that I wrote this book. I think it was on the back of our corporate prayer life as a church and the successes that I've seen in a way that I've been helped and shaped by my church that really served as the backbone for the writing of this book. Yeah, it's really similar. I had uh, Scott Sauls on. It's been a few months back, and we were talking about the same thing, how his writing, how his congregation has received his writing, and he kind of had the same answer. Like, most of them know I do this writing thing, but really have no idea what's going on. And he said, in fact, my daughter informed me one time she had never read any of my books. And so I do think there's a, you learn pretty quickly that uh, uh, the congregation, like you're saying, is, is sort of the source, the inspiration of this thing. And so much of what you're writing is flowing out of what they see day in and day out. Absolutely. Well, have there been some books or uh, particular authors on prayer that have been helpful to you as you've been growing in this area and leading? Yes, man. Um, uh, Let me see. J.C. Ryle has this short booklet on prayer called A Call to Prayer, where, you know, I've read a lot of stuff on prayer and his booklet is like, it's like 30 pages. But I feel like page for page, J.C. Ryle's uh, call to prayer is, uh, yeah, hands down, I think the best uh, uh, book or booklet that I've read on prayer. It's just so, it's so warm, so pastoral, encouraging, 
convicting, comforting, practical, helpful. J.C. Ryle's uh, call to prayer, um, yeah, is fantastic. And I think there's lots of, of other books, but I felt like this booklet, you know, stands on its own so much so that, yeah, I mean, in the past few years, you know, the little pamphlets on Amazon are, you know, two dollars and fifty cents. And in the past few years, um, I've literally bought hundreds and passed them out. That's how much I yeah, have been shaped. Yeah, I actually think you uh, you have some quotes in the book from him as well, too. So it was a good introduction for me. I, I'll pick it up for sure, especially for two fifty. You can't go wrong oh, yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not at all. Well, maybe uh, we could start kind of wrapping up this way. If you were giving some advice to a person, so whether it's a pastor or somebody who's maybe in a season of writing, maybe just somebody who's struggling, they're feeling frustrated by their own prayer life, frustrated by trying to uh, to pray with others, just not feeling uh, the motivation of it. What's some advice that you would give for somebody to sort of refresh and or find their way back into a life of prayer? Yeah. Um, well, I mean... Uh, the advice that I would give her, the only advice that I would give was that, uh, yeah, pick somebody else or a few folks, um, commit to pray and to cement that time. And, you know, one thing about faith is, you know, as we pray in faith, right? Faith is not, I'm waiting on God to superimpose himself on me to give me, uh, the joy or to lead me towards the joy that, he uh, said is there, but I think faith is you know, praying that God would give me the joy and uh, faith in action or in works looks like me doing the things that God has called me to do and trusting that in the very act of obedience that God would uh, restore that. And so um, for me, I mean, the biggest uh encouragement that I would give is to pick a time, pick a group of folks. Doesn't have to be a large group. It's it's preferable if you're gonna start off and it's just a small group and commit to use that time to pray and to cement that time there. Um and just to keep going, knowing that God is faithful. Um so yeah, that would be my advice. Maybe we could finish this way. I uh, don't do it with every guest, but when I sort okay. of feel like it's appropriate, uh, I always love ending these interviews with prayer and asking a Absolutely. person to pray. And so maybe the thing you could sort of lead us in prayer on would be this. Um, yeah. I was really struck by you talking about how what you're writing and doing has flown out or, or has flowed out of the, the corporate prayer life of the congregation you're in. And yeah. um, maybe you could just lead us in prayer that for those who are leading churches or those who are writing, that all of the work we're doing would flow out of prayer. Yeah. Versus prayer being the sort of thing we tack on at the end, desperately hoping right. our work will pay off, that everything Absolutely. we're doing just flows out of this relationship with others, relationship with God, and glorifying Him in prayer yeah. together. Um, that prayer would mean a lot to me. Absolutely, yeah. Let's pray, Chase. Uh, yeah, Father, uh, we come to you and we use that name, Father, because that's how you instructed us to pray. Lord. Uh, you're a father. You're a good one. Yeah. Your ears are inclined towards us, Father. Your heart is uh, uh, moved towards us as well. And so as we come to you and make these requests, we're not asking you to do anything that you don't want to do, Father. We're not coercing you. We're only asking you to do that which you already promised that you would do. And uh, So, Lord, as 
pastors or church leaders or parents or friends um, are spending their time on this podcast and they do have a desire to lead other people to pray and to write and to you know, preach and to teach. Father, I pray that you would uh, yeah, just fill us all with a divine sense of encouragement. Lord, would you help us to remember that, God, that the way that we pray reaffirms the fact that we believe that Jesus actually got up from the dead. He's here. We don't have to toil or wander around aimlessly trying to figure out what to do next. But when we do feel stuck or inadequate or unsure, would you remind us that Jesus raised from the dead, he's sitting on the throne with all power. He's eager to direct us and to lead us, Father. Would you help us uh, to lean on your son, Father? Help us to lean on you. Uh, Would you remind us that we are those that don't dictate the outcomes of our lives? You do, Father. So give us grace to be obedient in the present. Uh, We ask that you would fill us with a unique sense of your spirit. Uh, Give us guidance. Help us to remember we're never alone in the things that you've called us to do. You're here, you're powerful, um, and you're compassionate. Uh, We ask that that would give us a sense of joy and it would empty all the anxiety that uh, seeks to crowd out the joy in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you haven't already, it's worth your time to pick up prayer, how praying together shapes the church. And uh, I know it'll be worth your time and for your congregation, those you're leading in prayer. And John, just want to say thanks again for the work you do in the book, the honesty you bring to it, the humility. Uh, It's a great read. I've enjoyed it, and I know others will too. And thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank you, brother. As always, you can find show notes for today's episode by going to pastorwriter.com slash 52. There you'll find a link to John's website as well as his book. If you haven't already, I would really appreciate you leaving a rating or a review on iTunes. You can click one of the stars to leave a rating or type out a short message for a review. It's the best way for me to get feedback about the show and also to help others find it. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time. Mm-hmm.